relationships change. Uh, maybe if you're younger, like some of these students who we're sharing today or are a little bit older than them, somebody catches your eye and your relationship status on social media changes. Maybe you're a little further on and it's not such a joyous event that your relationship status is changing. Sometimes illness enters into our stories or injury and we have to go through this transition and this change from what is normal and what is what is just feels like it the way it should be to something that does not feel so great. And so there's changes all around us. It's school changes, it's vocational changes, it's life changes. All these seasons of life, often they're connected with emotional changes. Our heart changes and our spiritual life goes through seasons too. How do we navigate all this transition? It was about 500 years before Jesus walked on to the history, uh, into the history of, of our world that uh, someone, a, a philosopher, ancient philosopher said the only constant in life is change. And I suppose back 500 years before Jesus, that was the first guy who thought of that and that sounded really profound. Now it seems like a, well, obvious type moment. Of course, the only consistent in life is change. And then somebody invited, invented taxes and that was also consistent in life. Um, but good or bad, change is always happening. Change is always coming. And how do we exalt Christ in our life? Through changes, through transitions. Sometimes they have good outcomes. The testimonies that have been shared on the screen today have been good outcomes to change. Life is moving along. We have some kind of a crisis in life or in faith. And then we in the testimonies, track how then we meet with Jesus and he moves us through those to a new place. Christ was exalted in the midst of that transition. How do we do that? How do we do that well? And today, I just want to take a few minutes with you. Uh, it's not so much a sermon as a sermonette, not so much uh, a walk through scripture in depth today as kind of a, a devotion on how do we exalt Christ in transition. So if you want to grab a pen, if you want to grab your notepad or your bullet and take some notes, I'm just going to give you three real simple things, obvious things, but sometimes the obvious is what we miss when things are spinning around and we feel like we're in crisis change mode. And I thought it would be helpful to just, of course, root this in Scripture and, and a few different stories we're going to jump around in. And we're going to start very quickly in, in Mark chapter 9 where Jesus takes a number of his disciples, Peter and James and John with him up a mountain. They go on a little retreat, a weekend getaway. Uh, some students in the room are possibly going to summer camp this summer. Anybody going to summer camp this summer? Any hands up for summer camp? Oh man, some of you are missing out. Summer camp is awesome. You get away from the ordinary. You have a great time in a tent or a cabin and it's often just a real spiritual shot in the arm, and then you come back to life, back to reality. And it's not so good then. But this is when Jesus is taking them on a retreat, and it's not only going to be a, a high point in the spiritual life, it's literally on a high point. It's up a high mountain in Mark chapter 9. And when he's up there, Scripture says that there on this high mountain, when they were alone, Christ was transfigured or changed before them. 
His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could ever bleach them. And there was appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking to Jesus. Characters, individuals from the Old Testament that now had somehow manifested themselves there on the top of this mountain with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus in the midst of this holy moment, this spiritually just intense time, Peter looks to him and says, Rabbi, it's really good for us to be here. Uh, can, can we put up three shelters? Can we like build some tents, some cabins here, up here on the mountain? Uh, can we build three shelters? One for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Um, and then it, I love the next sentence. It says, because he didn't know what to say because he was so frightened. There are manifestations of people who are dead on this place right now, and they're talking to Jesus, and he looks different, and this is really cool, and I know it's really awesome, but it's kind of blowing my mind. I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to talk. <laughs> Jesus, can we build some? But we wanted, one translation says that he wanted to build memorials at the place. We love to camp out in the good, but going back to the rough, the bad, or just real life is hard. And the story continues just a few verses later when they start leaving that particular place. Verse 14, it says, when they came down to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law were arguing with the disciples. And soon people saw Jesus, and they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about, says Jesus. From this awesome high place, back down into the valley, into arguments and strife, and somebody who's got a demon in their life and is wrestling with that, and inadequacy of training in prayer and ministry in order to get this demon to come out of this person, and Jesus had to share a tough message about, you guys aren't praying enough, you're not fasting enough, to have an impact here. Oh, we're inadequate in ministry. We're no good at following you, Jesus. You see how we move from the high where everything is great? We want to live there. Let's set up some cabins. Everything here is perfect. But that's not real life. Real life means transitions back to where things are rough. And so if there's a, a, a point through that little, that little thread through that whole narrative, that whole real story that really happened, that, that thread through it is keep sticking with Jesus. He left the mountain, don't stay there. Sometimes some of us live in the past. It was so good back then with Jesus. Jesus isn't there anymore. He's right here with you. Continue to stick with him in the midst of the transition. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That Jesus is, that God, the Lord God is the God of all comfort. Who comforts you in the midst of the challenges of your life. God steps into our life not to rescue us necessarily from the situation. But more often to be with us in the midst of it. Don't wish you were somewhere else because Jesus is with you now. Stick with him and stick close to him. Even though you feel inadequate, 
even though there is arguments and strife and chaos all around, even though you'd rather be somewhere else, stick with Jesus. He's with you in the midst of the transition you're moving through. That's so helpful as I read that story. I guess if there was a a one-liner that you could kind of star and write as a memory thought for when you're moving through transitions and you want to continue to exalt Christ in that time, it's this. Don't run back to a better time. Stick with Jesus in the midst of where you are right now. It may not be comfortable. It may not be familiar. But it's the right place to be because he's there with you. The second story that I was reading as I was thinking about transitions, uh, the second story from Scripture that came to my mind was simply in Acts chapter 1. Luke is writing. He's writing about what's happening right after Jesus, who's spent a number of years, 33 years or so, in history with humanity, modeling to us how to live and exalt God in our life, how to have a relationship with the Lord. He's now died and been resurrected. That's the Easter story. He's been with his disciples for a number of weeks past that time, and now he's ascending and ascended into heaven to be with his Father. And the story kind of picks up in verse 14, where the, they've, they've left from where they were with Jesus and now returned to Jerusalem. And it says that they all joined together. They were in an upper room uh, uh, place uh, together. It says they all joined together constantly in prayer. Constantly in prayer. And in those days, Peter stood up and spoke to them and, and such. But the bit is this. A, in the midst of transition from B, Jesus being right there with them, to this feeling of loss in my spirit. Things have changed. And maybe you're going through a transition where you don't feel as close to Jesus anymore. He somehow feels distant. And it's always dangerous when we start rooting our Christian faith or the barometer of our faith on feeling. Because feelings go up and down. They're affected by our physical condition and our, what we had for supper last night and, and uh, all these things, right? Feelings, wishy-washy. it's important to remember that even though we don't feel like we're close to Jesus anymore, that that doesn't mean we should disconnect somehow from being with his people. And and so this is this story, is that in the midst of transition, they continue to exalt Christ in life by continuing to connect with Christian community. Sometimes when we're going through change, especially if it's change that's hard, we're afraid, and I've seen it so many times as a pastor, I, I don't want people to see me differently within the church body, so I'm going to back out and stop attending. I kind of feel ashamed when I walk in, or I feel like everybody's looking at me. Well, they're probably not. Or you've got really nice new sneakers or something, and they're like, ooh, look at those. But they're probably not looking at you and judging you. But it feels like they are, and so we want to disconnect from community. And as Jesus doesn't seem to be as close as he was before now, Jesus has left physically. The Holy Spirit has not come yet. So they're living in this in-between moment where it just doesn't feel the same. 
They keep pushing into community. They keep meeting together. They keep gathering together. And, that's number two, continuing in community, they keep praying. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself now. There's a second line or a line that can go with this second point of continuing in Christian community when things are going rough and you're in the midst of transition and change. It's this. Don't isolate yourself. If the first one was don't run back to what you think was better, this one is don't isolate yourself from what's best. Continue to push into community. Some of us aren't in growth groups. Some of us don't gather outside Sundays with the body of Christ. And I want to encourage you that this fall, when there's the next opportunity to get connected with a small group, you take it. Because that will move you through that time of transition and change and crisis in a much better way. That's the third one, then, is in James. And I flip over to the voice, uh, the voice, uh, to the, I've got a little timer on here that's telling me how long I can talk for. Because I always do that with you. That's just what I do. Uh, and this thing just popped up on my phone that says new voicemail. <laughs> so I looked at that for just a second. Let's turn to voicemail. Um, <laughs> be real and vulnerable with you here. Um, James chapter 1. James chapter 1 says uh, this in, in verse 5 and verse 6. If any of you lacks wisdom... If any of you lacks wisdom, and I don't know if that's you, that's often me, so you can line up behind me on this one. If any of you doesn't know what to do, what's best in a situation, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I love that bit of encouragement in Scripture. And you say, what does that have to do with change? What does that have to do with transition? Well, it's got everything to do with change. God, what do I do next? My health is not the same as it was. What do I do with this? God, my relationship status has changed, and it wasn't my choice. What do I do with this? God, I'm moving to a new job. I have no idea what it is. What do I do with this? We need wisdom. And so James encourages us. The brother of Jesus encourages us. Go to the Lord and say, help. Easiest prayer you'll ever pray. Help, give me wisdom. And you'll remember that God doesn't always come and rescue us from something. He comes into the midst of it with us. And he speaks through his word, primarily. He speaks through his spirit, which will most often move us back to his word. There's circumstance, there's wise counsel of other fellow Christians. Look for wisdom and God will give it to you without finding fault. He doesn't judge us. No, you got yourself into this problem. You get yourself out. Let me know how it goes. No. He meets us in the midst of this, the God of all comfort, and gives us wisdom. It may not be the wisdom we want to hear, but he will give us wisdom. Not all the answers to prayer are yes Sometimes they're no, sometimes they're wait, the timing's not right. But it would be good for us to listen to the wisdom of others. Again, rather than that gut, oh, it just feels good. Because our flesh sometimes wants to masquerade as the spirit. 
And that's why going to Scripture is so important. That's why the wisdom of that community of believers that we're staying with through transition is so important. And I guess if there's a line for this one, this third point that's keep praying, that line would be don't live in your head. Don't rest on your own wisdom and the wisdom of man, but rather go for the wisdom from the Lord. It's much better in the long term. How do we exalt Christ through transitions? And they're always coming. They're always here. Three simple things. One, we stick with Jesus. Two, we stay connected to community of faith. And three, we keep praying through it. And although it may not change overnight, as the script or the song says and the scriptures say, there may be sorrow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Maybe it's not tomorrow morning. Maybe it's a morning next year where you'll look back and go, wow, that was a long season. But ultimately, it shaped me and it was good. My prayer for you in a time of transition to a new youth worker, I'm so excited about whoever is going to be this new youth pastor. Uh, we don't know. You know as much as I do. I don't know. There's that amazing team looking into this. But they're going to be God's person for this next season. And I want to ask you to get behind them and cheer them on and like bring like food if they're single and set them up and, and, and you know, anyway, all that kind of, just get behind them. It'll be great. It'll be so good. It's a time of transition. Time to transition in my life. But in the midst of it all, let's keep sticking with Jesus. Let's not isolate ourselves from community. And let's continue to pray and ask God to give us wisdom as we move through it.